Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. Today's guest is something of a powerhouse. Indeed, Patrona Joseph has carried numerous titles and prestigious positions to her name, such as being the celebrated voice behind the Slated Montreal Fashion and Lifestyle blog. She has also served as Vice President of Marketing for Montreal's Caribbean Fashion Week, while also being named one of Montreal's 100 Most Influential Women. She is also a published author and fierce mental health advocate, demystifying mental illness in the Black community. Because of the current context in which we find ourselves with the COVID-19 pandemic, border crossing restrictions, social interactions slowly readjusting, I know that a lot of us are dealing with their fair share of mental overwhelm, which is why I've purposely been talking a lot about mental health, anxiety, depression, and related issues for a couple of episodes now. In that regard, Patrona uses her influence to create an open and honest dialogue around destigmatizing mental health, making her one of the most sought-after speakers on the topic in North America. A true standout individual, not just for her bright and sparkling personality, but also, and most importantly, for the incredible amount of work she has done and continues to do as she continues to use her own story of personal struggle with severe depression and anxiety to serve as a beacon of light for those of us still in the dark. I want to thank Petrona for her time and humbling vulnerability, giving us the strength to look into the mirror and smile genuinely, freely, and courageously. Be sure to grab a copy of her latest book, Stigmatized, Breaking the Silence and Demystifying Mental Illness, available now on Amazon. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 160 with Petrona Joseph. Here we go. Patrona, first of all, uh, as I like to say, it's always a pleasure, an honor, and a thrill uh, when people choose to take out of their time on their busy day. Uh, and you're definitely not anyone to set aside in that regard uh, because you are such an awesome person. Um, I was not familiar with your work or worthy mission until very recently, over the past year, um, when um, I heard a uh, fellow awesome person's uh, podcast, uh, Samantha Chris, on The Catalyst Show. Mm-hmm. And I was just catching up with episodes. And one, your episode definitely touched me it touched me uh, to the core and automatically you remember after listening to it i hit you up on on instagram and said like congratulations and thank you um and i guess this is the words i want to say is i want to celebrate you um just starting off the episode (laughs) i really want to celebrate you for everything that you've done everything that you're doing championing a very positive message of empowerment self-worth uh resilience owning up to your truth overcoming trauma And of course, because it's something that really resonates with me in regards to depression, mental health, and dealing uh, with the darkness that sometimes resides within us. And to know that even despite uh, your, your very challenging journey, you still came out the other end because the sun also rises and you're still with us. Uh, so you even confessing in regards to how you dealt with PTSD and you know that very particular chapter on the Mercier Bridge, uh, we don't need to go into that, but that story really resonated with me. And that's why I really want to congratulate you and celebrate you for still being with us. And of course, showing us that everything is the result of a choice, good or bad. Everything is the result of a choice. So for everything that you've done and still doing and will keep doing, I just want to say a very heartfelt thank you and welcome on the Awaken the Awesome podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you so much, Oliver. Thank you. 
how I wanted to start it out because you've been you've been doing so much work, especially over the past year, um, with um, with it, with all this isolation. Because we don't want to talk about COVID, but this is what we're dealing with right now. Uh, Canada is dealing mm-hmm. with its own reality, but right now, I believe, and you know this as well, uh, mental health is a very very big issue uh, these days. And one thing that keeps coming back is the fact that, you know, as humans, uh, we are social beings. And of course we need that connection. We need that interaction. And we realize that sometimes some of us were not ready to spend this much time alone, you know? And sometimes Mm -hmm. we have to face the facts that, you know, this is what we have to deal with. This is us. This is me. And uh, for some of us, it's very uncomfortable. And that creates that discomfort, that, that, uh, that fear, that, that, um, that confusion. And I was just wondering, mm-hmm. just to take your two cents, why is mental health such a big issue right now, in your own words? Well, full disclaimer, full disclosure, on my behalf, um, two days ago, I was relishing of taking my own life, you know? So, I'm, you know, I know you started the conversation uh, by applauding me, but I want to let you know that my struggle is every day. And with that said, um, mental health during the pandemic, it has been challenging even for the most positive of us all. Mm-hmm. And um, during this time, I, again, full disclosure, and I hope I'm not triggering anyone. I wanted to just issue a trigger warning. I will be discussing um, suicide. I will be discussing medication and, of course, uh, isolation but I think that the pandemic is a wake-up call for us in so many different ways. And the number one way to shield ourselves mentally and to, you know, to keep ourselves aligned with reality is for me, uh, number one, first and foremost, stay off social media as much as possible, mm-hmm. especially Instagram. Uh, and then Try to connect to at least one person a week, depending on your situation. I mean, if you're living uh, with your family and you're living with your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, of course, you're, you're in constant contact with other humans, right? But for anyone who's living alone, it's quite challenging, especially uh, when you live or you led a very, very social life before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And you never really had to sit uh, after 8 p.m. and wonder, okay, what can I do next? What project can I do next? I think that, um, you know, seek contact, at least if it's 15 minutes a day, or if it's just uh, visiting someone standing outside their door. Uh, today, actually, Samantha was here for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and um, it's funny because I opened my door and she came out of her car and we were both wearing the same thing, which I thought wow. was so funny. That is cool. <laughs> <laughs> we both had this different color jackets, but we were just there laughing. And that 10 minutes or 15 minutes that she spent with me, it just soothed my heart. And I looked in her eyes and I can see too that her, it suited her heart as well. So um, a lot of people have a lot of rituals and things that they suggest. Yes, there, there are different things, but I think that uh, the word languishing came out last week. So we're all languishing. We're all in the state of like disbelief. Is this really what we're living? And then we try to maintain our rituals, exercising 15 minutes a day, 
um, journaling, uh, whatever it can be, connecting. But then we do have these moments of depersonalization. Uh, depersonalization, Oliver, I think that you might know what that is. Mm-hmm. Coming from the mental health industry, you, you might know what that is. It's disconnect. So we, we're all feeling that. And, um, and dysregulation, a lot of people are dysregulated, which means that we're going through the emotions. So I think that uh, on that list of ways to um, get through the pandemic, it's also self-compassion. And I know I'm rambling on. You're not rambling. You're not rambling. But we're seeing it more and more. And when I say we... I'm telling you, I have an open phone policy. I think I'm going to um, create like a hundred, an 800 phone line because my phone line blows up with people calling me from all over the world. And not only Montreal, I'm talking, uh, I have someone who called me um, trying to commit suicide and she's in the hospital in the UK. And uh, my wow. conversations with her are on Messenger and, um, you know, just speaking with her and just just getting a glimpse into the other aspects of the pandemic and the effects of not having a community anymore, just this place. I think that um, we're all coping the best we can. And there's no good way. Like uh, for the last two days, I've been um, depersonalized myself and I suffer from panic attacks. Mm-hmm. So from my last panic attack, I, I was left very fatigued. And I didn't mention suicide because only when I experience a panic attack, I go through the cycle of feeling like a failure. What's wrong with me? Why can't I just drive? Because mine uh, happens more or less when I'm driving. Why can't I just drive, you know, over whatever, over that overpass? Or why, you know, and I and I go into this thing. And so there, there's also... Um, the aspect of uh, I was self-compassionate. I let myself uh, go through my experience and I let myself grieve uh, my other self that was just so fearless driving over the Jacques driving over everything. And, you know, within the self-compassion, I don't beat up myself anymore when I can't. I answered, I think, three emails today. I canceled a huge meeting at Concordia today. And um, I was just true to myself. So self-compassion and understand that we deserve rest. I know a lot of us, because of the slowdown during the pandemic, uh, we feel this guilt. And the guilt, I feel it, it's in my throat. Every morning I wake up, I take a deep breath because I, I have this bubble. And I couldn't understand what it was. I know it's called dread, right? It's mm-hmm. called anxious but it's also called dread. And that dread is from uh, no longer being crazy busy. And um, I used to feel so guilty. Oh my God, you know, I need to be renovating the house. I need to, <laughs> I need I need to, to be producing. I need to make stuff happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to. Uh, I, I'm already writing a book, you know, so sometimes I'm like, what is bothering me? Why do I feel like I need to be busy, you know? And surprisingly for some of us, um, doors, other doors have opened up, right, during the pandemic. So I think that the pandemic, it's, it's such a, it's really, it, it's, it's really biblical. It's, it's really some, it's like the rebirth of the earth, rebirth of ourselves, reconnecting mm-hmm. despite everything else going on. And, I, and there's no right or wrong way to get through it. If you need to binge, 
Can I swear? Yes, Go ma'am. Ahead. It's an open phone. Okay. <laughs> eat, eat, eat that fucking burger, man. Like, don't beat yourself up. If you Thank have you. a fupa, I have a fupa. I'm telling you. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I used to beat myself up. I can't believe I have this stomach, you know? And now I look in the mirror and I'm like, hello, fupa. How you doing? You know? <laughs> like, See, that is amazing. See, there you go. And that's that's exactly the message that you've always been promoting. And um, the, the, the feeling is mutual. You know why? Because we're all dealing with this um, this shift, if you will, because this pause, this pandemic has like, you know, forced onto us. I keep saying this all over and over and over again. This is has forced us to actually sit down like here, sit. This is your corner. Look at yourself in the mirror. And again, narrow down everything that matters to you and figure it out. And you know what? What I hear you talk about self-compassion, there's a lot of self-reflection going on in regards to not just what am I doing in my life, but what am I doing, period. You know what? Uh, and you're really having to take ownership of like, why do, why do I do what I do? Like, why am I here? Like, why am I doing this? And that's a lot of self-questioning that people have otherwise never stopped to actually ask themselves. And that is a very uncomfortable for some people. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. And I really pr- appreciate that you say that, Ben. And uh, the mm-hmm. fact, what I'm hearing a lot from you is the, also this concept of gratitude. Um, that's oh, something yeah. that most people don't exercise a lot. And I'm only talking from my own experience, just observing, because I observe a lot. I do not judge, but I just observe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we fail to exercise that little concept of gratitude, which maybe is just like, Take a deep breath without the mask. Go outside, go in the parking lot and take a deep breath. How much do you appreciate that breath of fresh air? Just that one thing. It sounds kooky, but in my book, that's one thing you can allow yourself among other things. But um, you definitely can teach us a lot about that. You know, just appreciating right now and forgiving myself for who I am and appreciating myself for who I am. It, t- it, it's, it takes a long road of acceptance. And how can we teach people to actually wake up and actually accept themselves for who they are? Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm no expert because one of the things that I started recently struggling with is um, wanting to be somewhere else <laughs> during the wanting to be. I, I remember I told someone the other day, you know him. I was talking to Ali, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I just feel like I I want another life, you know, and then I had to really like, like slow it down. And when I said that, I felt really like, I felt relief, number one, that I had at least told one person. But then back to gratitude, um, you know, I never really, I, I never really had the time to sit down and be like, do I really want this in my life? Like there's a whole bunch of people I don't speak to anymore because I realized, oh, do I want this person's energy in my life? You know, and not wanting them any harm, just knowing that I, I can no longer give my energy to others. I had to conserve it for myself, right? So that's one thing I started shedding. And then it's really taking a look at, oh my gosh, you know, is this what I want for myself? Is is this? And then the other side of it, then looking at it and being like, I'm a little Trinidadian girl. And I'm so grateful for where I want like for where I am. I'm so grateful for the accolades. Like to cancel the meeting I canceled today 
for me. It was tough because I don't, you know, I have this huge speech coming up. I don't quit yet. Yes, ma'am. It was their number one, and there's so much pressure. I'm sitting down with like the director of the psychology department, and it's super intimidating. And I felt really horrible canceling it, but that's me being so compassionate to myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, totally and not beating up myself. Makes total yeah. sense, you know. Uh, that's why, yeah. you know, I don't know where I read this, but it's often said that, you know, uh, self-care is not selfish. Um, uh, definitely, you have, again, self-care is all about being selfless, and it's totally fine. You know what? Because um, you can't give what you don't have. Because uh, if you don't have love for yourself, if you don't have, you know, calm for yourself, if you don't have peace within yourself, if you don't have, you know, um, again, uh, how can I say it? Uh, per- truth within yourself because you could actually bring yourself yeah get over the fear and just go to the meeting but i i can't i'm frozen stiff this anxiety is overbearing i need to take time for myself and the people listening to us can definitely resonate uh because i get a lot of dms i did a lot of uh, communications from people who just saying like i just want things to stop can i just like take a nap well you know sometimes i tell them like take a day off and the best way i voice that and it's just through basic interactions like okay yeah, you're going to lose a day of work. Fine. Okay. How much are you willing to pay yourself? Okay. Just say you take a day off, take your salary and say, okay, this is what I'm paying myself to take care of myself. Just figure, mm-hmm. figure it out like that, you know, because no, seriously, Petrona, you, you know, this better than I do. Listen, sometimes you have to, you know, pull the brakes, you have to pull the brakes and you have to just let go of the steering wheel. And, you know, I'm just saying, like, even last weekend, we're talking about anxiety last weekend. You know how it is, you know, wife, kids, like toys, dishes, laundry, everything, house, everything. I was just like, I think it was last Saturday. And I just looked at the house like, you know what? I don't care. Like right now, I don't care. Just going to sit in the living room, watch YouTube (laughs) and do nothing like nothing. I don't care about myself. I don't care about Instagram. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing the kids don't want to shower i don't care the kids want to pick up their clothes i don't care i really don't care so like which yes, which for me yes. is very out of, out of the ordinary because i just like do this and that okay it needs to be ordering clean and pristine but no at, at some point it gets overbearing and the people listening to us talking need to understand that you can apply this if you feel that overwhelm it's okay not to ignore it because so many times you know this when it boils up and it explodes. And mm-hmm. there are consequences. There, there goes reacting against your spouse. There goes reacting against your kids. Reacting against your boss. You know, just wanting to scream or hit something. Which you, sh- mm-hmm. which you definitely should address. And people need to be very real about this. These are very real emotions. That I want people mm-hmm. to hear you and hear us. And actually take the little nuggets and understand that. You know what? You are allowed to feel the way you feel. Mm-hmm. Too many times has that happened. Too many times. Too many times. Yeah. Oh. And right. one of the things actually I've noticed is a lot of men, they're, they're confiding to me. And a lot of men are experiencing anxiety for the first time in their lives. Okay. And they don't know what that thing is. So like you were saying, you know, you, you decided, you know what, that's it. I'm just going to zone out. I'm going to take care of my mental health for an hour or two at the kids you know, do what they want. If you had pushed against that, you probably would have gotten a panic attack. Right? Am mm-hmm. I wrong? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of men, I'm telling you, a lot of men, even down to, I, I don't want to say, because I don't know if he's going to listen, I don't think he's going to listen to this, but even my, uh, even my own dad, 
you know, I, I'm whispering like he can hear me in the other room, but you know, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, you know, my father is like a pillar of strength and I said to myself, Oh my goodness. So there's few men that are, that are uh, listening or, you know, engaging if you're experiencing anxiety, you know, because you're the man of the house and you're in control and, and you're taking care of business, it's okay to stop. It's okay to relax. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's okay. So that's okay. good that you recognize that. And that is a trait uh, that I've witnessed in, um, mm-hmm. in uh, our community. Um, and I'm really talking about black men, black Haitian men. Um, and a lot of them, um, when I opened up about my depression and I opened up about, you know, feeling anxious and being very open about talking about, yeah, I'm depressed. And it's okay because depressed doesn't mean like, you know, you're curled up in a ball and crying. It can be the imagery is there, but you know this, I know this, and I've learned this. I've had to empathize with this. And I just want to ask you the question because um, yeah. a lot of people misconstrue the concept of mental health because they, they hear mental health, they hear crazy automatically like there's always that stigma associated to it mental health you're crazy and unfortunately that's the that's the association that i believe has plagued uh my fellow men uh my fellow black men and sometimes that's why they don't want to talk about because again we were bred and i take this from my own experience i was raised in haiti first son first male so it's all about you know authority it's all about resilience it's all about i don't cry i don't i'm gonna handle this shit like because i'm a provider i'm a protector but it took me a lot of time to actually dial that in and like, okay, cultural upbringing, cultural baggage mm-hmm. that comes with weight. And I'm not putting anything on my parents, not at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause their, their love and their nurturing made me who I am. And I want to throw this your way in regards to what does that teach you about empathy? You know, just taking a look and deconstructing your own journey and understand that, you know what? Mental health does not wear a face. Mental health, everybody's dealing with something and we need to, you know, be there for each other. How can we talk to people about being empathetic towards their fellow man? Well, that goes back to my Facebook post. Um, you know, first of all, being empathetic on the road, number one, because there are higher cases of driving with anxiety, first of all. So, you know, calm it down with the road rage. Hello. <laughs> um being empathetic, it's either you have it or not, but it also brings out uh, this whole thing about being compassionate. Um, you have to be first compassionate with yourself. And I do find that in within Montreal, the environment is harsher, okay? People are pinpointing, people are so much more harsh, just like, where the hell is your empathy? So we would have to start in our own circles and be empathetic with our friends be empathetic even with our family members, which is sometimes very, very tough, right? And understanding that they're going through some shit too, you know? And um, just know that everybody's going through some stuff. The stories, I'm sure you've heard a lot of stories through too as well. The stories that we're hearing currently, I mean, Montreal, just Montreal alone, there have been uh, 10 femicides, okay? You can imagine what's going on. Yes. Yes, you can imagine what's going on in the homes when you look at your neighbor. Uh, instead of looking at them harshly, or you know, or uh, why did this person park like that on the street, or why blah blah blah, just look at that person and say, "Oh my gosh, you know, maybe that 
first of all, people are not even here. People are so depersonalized. They're in between, right? People mm-hmm. are so like in another world, first of all. So I think that being uh, empathetic, it also comes with action. Okay. It's showing up for people. And I know it's really, really tough, but it's, it's reaching out. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, picking up Uber and just looking through your phone list and being like, Hey, I'm going to send some food to this person or making a meal and bringing it over, you know, empathy with action. I think that's really what people need right now during the pandemic wow. and figuring out ways you could support your loved ones. Surprisingly, when the pandemic started, um, we had a little group of women. We collected money and we were, you know, dropping off food and whatnot. And for a while, I used to cook and bring it to, like, my neighbors, bring it to people's homes and whatnot. And then I remember one day just being like, ah, oh, damn, can somebody just send me some food? <laughs> <laughs> Because, uh, and for those people listening to us, they think that, you know, we're saying this just to be coy or just playing around. Unfortunately, who you hang out with, it's not even about that quote about, you know, the five, the sum of five people. I'm dead serious right now. Not just your words you say within yourself, because that's a whole other baggage you have to deal with, because the internal dialogue is so powerful. But your surroundings and the people just dropping their energy onto you. um, Mm. I, I, that is one of my quotes I walk around with, with your affirmation. I do not give you the authority to, to layer me with your negativity. Mm-hmm. That is you owning up to, you, to yourself and owning your space. I, mm-hmm. I appreciate you. I love you. I care about you. And this is whether significant others, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's colleagues, mm-hmm. you have the legitimate authority to guard your mental space, guard your mental mm-hmm. energy. And not let that within your space. You have to mm-hmm. cut people out. There's, you have to be very guerrilla about this. Because the pandemic, people think that because they're having a bad day, they have the legitimate authority to drop it on you. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm, I can be here for you. I can be available for you, is what you're saying. But you know, at some point, I have to cut the plug. And it's like, listen, no, no, no. I'm protecting myself now. This is my space. Mm-hmm. I love you. Be well. Be safe. I'm taking care of me right now. Okay, mm-hmm. and that is being that, empathetic that is, towards your own self. You have to do mm-hmm. that. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. There's no way around it, man. Mm-hmm. It's such. A, I just want to applaud you for for everything for being such a su- such a powerful voice. You know what? Because through everything you've done, 
Um, you're very open about it. And again, you're not trying, as you said, you're not trying to be superwoman. You're not trying to be, you know, idolized or anything. You're just, you just understand that, you know what, if your story can help one person, that is a job well done. And was it, was it something that you thought that, you know, that, that you took on as a personal mission or after you went through that entire trauma and just after dealing with all that, that kerfuffle, with those emotions, yeah. you say like, you know what? I'm going to use my story and do good with it. How did that happen? Well, um, I would say it happened um, embarrassingly, and because it's what you guys see on on social media, for example, and it's what I deal with, and I try to always be real. I'm not, you know, driving around Montreal with a Lamborghini wanting to be seen. That has never been my thing. As a matter of fact, I posted today for the first time in a week and I turned off the comments because I, I don't, I, 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 not that I, I give accolades, you know, congratulations, I'm so da da da, but um, I'm not doing anything that I do for that. And one of the things that you mentioned before is that we're all questioning ourselves. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And uh, in writing my book, I used to struggle at the beginning. Why am I writing this book? Do I want to be famous? I don't care to be famous. You know, like, it's a real struggle. But one day I had just had it. Um, some people drive with anxiety. And I was, okay, I told my friend, and it was really embarrassing for me because a friend of mine, she's like, come over for supper. We'll swim. We'll have fun. She was in St. Eustache. And there's two bridges, you know? And for me, that's like... I don't know, that's like <laughs> taking a plane to go to Trinidad. It's far for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and I have to leave. If I'm at your house, it's like, uh, you might wonder if I'm in some kind of coven. Because as soon as I see the sun goes down, I'm out of there. I don't care if I was at your house. You know your triggers. You know your triggers. <laughs> know thyself. And, it, <laughs> and I'm looking at the window. Oh, the sun is going down. <laughs> You know? So I went to my friend's house. She had supper waiting. I spent 20 minutes. And I'm like, girl, okay, bye. I'm good. And I'm then, good. I'm out. Because <laughs> I'm not trying to get caught on this driving on no highway at night. No. So um, I was driving back home. So that was embarrassing for me, that whole situation, first of all. Because mm-hmm. I, I ate and I ran. And um, I don't think she's ever seen me the same after that. But she doesn't know the struggle it was first of all to go to her house and then to leave so that's okay I accept that we're still very cordial I love her very much still but I, I could see that it changed the dynamics in our friendship as well mm-hmm. but um, I was driving and leaving her house and um, I was getting a panic attack and I'm like oh my god I have to take the 640 can't believe this shit you know I gotta take the 15 I gotta cross over that damn ravine and I have to call her so she could you know speak me through my goddamn panic attack and then there's this driver behind me that almost like drove me off the road which wasn't adding so um, when I was driving I think heading towards the 640 I had to pull to the shelter of the, of the, of the, um, I was on a ravine. I think it's, uh, I was on the water. I was on an overpass and I was having the worst panic. I thought I was going to die. I thought the car was going to crash and somebody tried to run me off the road, which it wasn't conducive for anyone. So I put on my blinkers, but I couldn't move. I had to let the panic attack go to its 
peak because your panic attacks go to a peak and then it gives you five minutes and then it's going to be seven. But as soon as I can regain my sight, because I go blind, I, I can't see anything. I, I think I'm dead, you know? And I came back home and I was like, you know what? Let me just, I wrote about compassion. We were talking about compassion, right? You and me mm-hmm. and empathy. And I was like, listen, when y'all see people driving on the road, you know, <laughs> with them blinkers on, be a little bit more compassionate, be a little bit more empathetic because people have experiences while driving and people have uh, sometimes anxiety while driving. And that was for me my first, like, okay, I did it, you know? And um, it was weird because the CJAD called me and I was like, what? They're like, could you shut it on the radio? <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And then... Um, and after my radio show, I was getting calls and messages, and it just took on a whole life of its own. And for me, I've always struggled with having a career or something where there was hard. I mean, I worked at Bentley, you know, I was there at Aston Martins, you know, I was there in the limelight, you know. And I always wanted to be able to help, and I never found, like, you know, um, even Instagram, uh, even Instagram uh, influence marketing. I remember when I first started doing it, and people were contacting me for the wrong reasons because I was promoting a life that um, I didn't own, right? You know, in mm-hmm. different cars and different this and different that. Which my Instagram, I, I took it all down, by the way, and I, 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 I took all that like crazy stuff off, and I put um, more relatable things because it's more relatable to who I really am. Mm-hmm. And um, I found it. I was like, what the hell? All I have to do is just be my messy self. <laughs> be my crazy, um, you know, up and down self and talk about it. And I'm telling you, every time I spoke, I would have one person. If it's one, hey, I have medication staring me down. I can't really take it. I don't know what medication to take. Uh, could you men, women? Mothers of children, okay, my son is not, uh, I haven't seen my son, I know he's impressed. And then it just spiraled. And I said, okay, so this this is something cool here. So then uh, that's how it started for me. And it, and I think that's God's uh, way of letting you know you're aligned, mm-hmm. you know? And that's something I've always wanted. I've always wanted to feel a sense of alignment. And then when the money started coming in, I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm and waiting for a check in the mail as we speak. And I was like, oh, okay. And that humbled me because just to think that people who care about what I'm saying about my depression and anxiety as a black woman, you know why? Because we don't talk about it. You might as well. We don't talk might about as well. it. And you know what? It's, we don't uh, talk about it. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. You know why? Because it takes a lot of courage and personal truth and acceptance of self to actually know, first of all, to acknowledge uh, the messiness within. Because we try so hard to be polished. We try so hard to be, there I use the word proper. And then we try so hard to put on that facet of, you know, um, pristine and, you know, just being flawless and stuff. When we are human, warts and all, for our flaws and our inefficiencies and our quirks, and our bubbliness, it's what makes us us. 
And that is, you know, a message that you're really pushing forward. And that's something that has never failed. And that's definitely something like, you know, why I really resonate with all the messages we're putting. That's why, you know, I never hesitate, you know, to give you a shout out or just like say hi, because it really resonates with me because it's something that it is impacting lives. You know, when people all over the world are contacting this one person, like, hey, I don't know you, but how can I help? And how can we serve? How can we do better? How can we use whatever we have? And for everybody listening to this and thinking that your existence, your presence in this world does not matter, dare I say that, yeah. again, you might be wrong on that point because you can always impact one person. You know, Patrona is definitely an example, like, you know, going from her own ordeals to actually, you know, being a connection, being a bridge. Well, that's a, that's an awkward connection, but being a bridge for people to actually, you know, just, you know, just to step over their own, uh, their own fear and, uh, their own sense of, uh, anxiety and, uh, and, uh, trauma. And, uh, it's something that you need definitely to be celebrated for. I didn't want to jump over this, but, uh, we have a book coming up. Uh, do we have a launch date? Uh, <laughs> but the borders closed because now mm-hmm. they're really serious. Mm-hmm. My book was supposed to be launched in Toronto first. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we were supposed to go to Ottawa, then New York. And so things have had to be pulled back. Oh, because, okay. um, even like the bookstores there wanting to just meet with a small amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really checking you. Like they, they have police SQs at uh, each border and they will ask you where you're going. There's checkpoints. And I said to myself, well, maybe because the, the thing with writing a book is that you're always going back to change things, mm-hmm. right? And um, my date was supposed to be uh, pre-launch May 7th because mm-hmm. it's Mental Health Awareness Month, the mm-hmm. month of May. And uh, my launch was supposed to be June 7th. Okay that was a major setback for me and that really affected my mental health uh, for the last couple of weeks because yeah, it's gotta be a, I it was ready. really annoying. It's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I was ready. You know, I was ready. And I mean, <laughs> but I looked at it as, you know what, God, this just means that let me go back through and I work with a great editor and my book is self-published, but you know, uh, you could always go back. So I'm going back and I'm, and so whatever, you know what happened? I released a t-shirt called, uh, let's stigma, let's destigmatize mental health. That thing sold out. Wow. So I decided, well, why don't I just, I never advertised for it. So I said, well, let me just, promote that so i'm gonna instead of launching my book i have this t-shirt the idea came when i just wanted to wear a t-shirt in front of the thousand students that will be listening to me on may 7th i want them to i want them to see time to this time to uh destigmatize mental health nice. and somebody reached out to me and they were like oh we'll take a month so i was like a month so there's this woman here in montreal i said okay let me just make one i i i posted it briefly on Instagram and then uh, someone came to my inbox and bought them all. Uh, well, why don't I just tell you who it is, Whoa. Samantha? <laughs> you guys' friendship, uh, you guys' friendship is something out of a storybook. I just love the relationship you two share. It is a thing of admiration and beauty. You guys like really oh, humble me. That is a really genuine Thank friendship you. right there. Thank you. Yeah, Sam bought up my bought up my inventory. So I was like, okay. 
So <laughs> I decided to launch that instead in May and uh, just get ready because I don't know if the book's going to sell. Who knows? Um, my first book tanked, which I'm really happy for, for the experience because um, it's that fear of being not liked, mm-hmm. that fear of why would somebody spend money to read this, you know? But then uh, with the delay, I'm getting so much like, yo, when is the book coming out? Yo, you know? So um, I look forward to it, you know? It will be coming out hopefully uh, September 7th is the Mm -hmm. new date because we want to give the government enough time to open back up. (laughs) Yeah, strategically it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. It is a setback. I do understand. It is a setback. I totally, uh, you know, understand disappointment. But you know what? You're only going to come back uh, better, faster, stronger. It's the best thing. Yeah, there's, there's no rush for it. There's no rush for it, you know? Man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Petrona, it's, uh, I want to keep my promise. I don't want to keep you. Um, but you've been so generous of uh, your insight, so much energy, so much love, so much warmth. Um, again, uh, your laughter is infectious. Um, definitely, it's an honor uh, for, for you to share you know, your time with us uh, here on the program. Um, again, I can't say thank you enough for everything that you're doing. Wishing you Again, this is just me from my little basement in Kanziak to wherever these words reach you. But I really want to say thank you uh, for this amazing conversation. Again, as always, it's an open invitation. So anytime you want to be back, not an open, it's an open forum. Anytime you want to be back, it would be pleasure uh, to, to have you back on the program whenever, whenever you want. Thank you. And I, and I wanted to tell you, too, that uh, to see an Afro-Canadian of Haitian descent post about his experiences that I find so empowering. So I also want to tell you, continue the good work because there's so much work that needs to be done for um, men of visible minority, right? Not only Afro-Canadians, not only, I'm talking about uh, for African, Oprah was just saying today with the release of her book, she was talking about one of her students uh, who was experiencing uh, depression in her school in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And the student told her, I am not depressed. I am African, you know? So, <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah. That's what, <laughs> and eventually she got diagnosed and Oprah, you know, helped her through it. But um, that's the dialogue. We we need more men to speak up. There are a lot of organizations in Montreal. Um, you know, Caucasian men are now speaking up. There's there's I can count five on my hands. You know, and they're having uh, lives every week, every week. And I look at the lives and I say to myself, that's great. But it, could we have some representation as well? And I, there's 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 that space for it. And I think that you should continue speaking and maybe share more of your antidotes because as a woman, uh, I can only take my surroundings and take the men so far. And I think that the men, they need that They They need figures, you know, um, a male who's married, established, solid, stable, and Hey, this is what I'm living, you know, and this is how I get through it. You know, they need to see solid figures like yourself. So with that said, uh, keep on championing yourself. Appreciate you. Really appreciate you. There is one <laughs> final tradition that we have on the program. Uh, it's kind of an open forum thing. Again, as I like to say, the next step, a call to action, 
just a kind word, a sonnet, a quote, uh, a personal mantra, anything anyone can take and pick up that little nugget that will help th- help them wake up tomorrow and take a next step towards their next level. Any any words of wisdom you'd like to drop, even though you dropped in a, a full load, but <laughs> uh, just something you can bless us with as a parting. Food, okay? Food is the most comforting thing to anyone. Think of someone you could send some good, hearty food to tomorrow. You don't understand just that simple act. You know why? Because sitting down and commuting, commuting with our friends has been so torn apart. But just that gesture, if you can make, if you can't cook, that's okay too. Make a sandwich, okay? And bring it to someone you love. Take the empathy and compassion and put it into action, you know, and surprise someone. Food, I'm telling you, food is so powerful. It's so powerful, especially throughout the pandemic. Cook something and bring it to somebody tomorrow. That's what I would like people to do. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Shameless plugging time. If any of the the listeners uh, would want to connect with your wonderful self over the interwebs, any particular places we can direct the listeners to to reach out to you if if need be. I believe in law of attraction. The people that are supposed to find me will find me. Yes, ma'am. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) They'll find my energy. They'll find me. They'll find you. They'll find you. Again, I can't thank you enough for this wonderful time. Guys, And my guest, Patrona, Patrona, Joseph, God, thank you again. I can't thank you enough. I'm just saying thank you so much because I'm just filled with so much energy right now. You're an awesome individual. You're You're a terrific person. And I wish you nothing but glory and blessings and truth and safety and health. Of course, please stay safe. But again, all the blessings to you on your wonderful mission. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you. Likewise (laughs) to you and your family as well. Guys, another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast in the can. As always, I'm your host, Odie Diddy. You can always find the podcast on all your podcasting platforms. You know where to find us. We try to get get it available to you as much as we can. If you like us, again, don't forget to leave a comment or a rating on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us fuel the energy and keep this message going. As always, stay blessed, stay safe, and as always do, stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.